I just want to say uh, that it's you know a joy for me to be here. It's um, yeah, a really cool opportunity for me to be able to come back to uh, this parish that um, where I was baptized. I went to school here as well, and um, yeah, to have this opportunity to kind of be back now as a deacon is um, yeah really exciting for me and kind of uh, a little bit surreal as well. But um, I'm grateful for you know all this parish has done for me, and it's um, yeah a real privilege to be back. Um, and to preempt some confusion, I am not the deacon uh, who will be assigned here. One mightier than I is coming in a few weeks to be assigned here. But uh, anyways, um, you know, on this Feast of the Epiphany, it uh, occurred to me that, um, or I was reminded of a letter that Mother Teresa wrote to her uh, sisters, the Missionaries of Charity. So um, you probably know Mother Teresa founded this group of, uh, of women religious who kind of devote their lives to service of the poor um, and to prayer. Um, and she wrote to them in this letter and said, um, she said the following, I worry, I worry, says Mother Teresa, that some of you have not really met Jesus yet. We might spend time in the chapel and church, um, but have you seen with the eyes of your soul how he looks at you with love? Do you really know the living Jesus? And you know, if that's a question that um, Mother Teresa saw fit to ask, you know, her sisters who were kind of, you know, all in on this, you know, prayer and service business, I think it's all the more a question that we can ask ourselves, um, right? Have you, have I really met Jesus, right? Not just as kind of an abstract person or a theory, but as a true living person, right? Do we maybe spend time in church, but have we actually encountered him? Do we know the real Jesus, the living Jesus? And today's kind of the perfect feast to think about this question because it's the day that we celebrate you know, not just the coming of Jesus into the world, not just the coming of Christ, that was Christmas, um, but today is kind of the day that we celebrate his revelation, his appearance, the epiphany, uh, the day when it kind of clicks for the rest of the world who this child is. Right? It's kind of easy to forget, you know, amid all the ways, the celebrations of Christmas, the kind of solemnity, the decorations that we have around that, um, that when Jesus was born, it was a completely unremarkable event. Right? Aside from the Holy Family and you know, a handful of shepherds, uh, nobody noticed when he was born. Right? It was utterly obscure at the time. Right? On the day he was born, on the you know, night he was born, it was completely similar to every other night for pretty much every other person in the world. Right? Jesus was born and nobody noticed. Right? That's part of the humility with which God entered the world. But then, you know, there's kind of this you know, cliche question we can repurpose here, right? If a tree falls in the forest and no one's around, right, does it make a sound? Um, if the Son of God is born in a manger and nobody's there to notice or recognize him, uh, does he still save the world? Right? It's actually not enough that Jesus came into the world. Um, he's got to be recognized. He's got to be, he came to be, um, to establish like a new relationship with us. And to do that, we have to kind of encounter him. We have to know him. And so this Feast of Epiphany, it's really the feast of meeting Jesus for the first time. It's the feast of getting to know who he is now that he's come into the world. Right? Because it's not until you know, today that the news gets out about Jesus. Right? Previous to this point, it kind of been like just the Holy Family were, were kind of the only ones in on the secret. Um, but today, you know, there's a revelation. The Epiphany has happened. Right? The Magi come to visit Jesus. These people, these other people recognize that there's something about this child that's different, that's divine, that's worth adoring. 
And you know, in the early church, they used to kind of stack a couple events in the life of Jesus together on this feast. So it was, you know, the arrival of the Magi uh, to worship him, but it was also the baptism of Jesus and also the wedding at Cana, his first miracle. So it was this feast of kind of all of the ways that Jesus made who he is clear to the rest of the world. You know, which is why that, you know, question from Mother Teresa is really important for us today, right? Do we really know Jesus, right? Have we celebrated the Feast of the Epiphany kind of personally, right? That word epiphany, right? When somebody has an epiphany, it's sort of, it's when you get it, when it clicks, but for you personally, right? We know kind of all the story of Jesus. We know he spent his life teaching, did miracles, he suffered, died, rose again, right? We kind of know that. We know the story, but... You know, at some point, that's got to become three-dimensional. It's got to address itself to each one of us. Right? Kind of, Christ breaks the fourth wall today a little bit. He talks to each of us. Right? Have you met the living Jesus? Right? Because Christ could be, you know, born a thousand times in Bethlehem, but until he's born in each one of us, like, what difference does that make? And so in the gospel today, we get a couple of models. You know, we get two options of how we can respond to this appearance of Jesus. We can respond to his revelation. Um, So the magi, of course, are the ones who get it right, right? They're the ones who hear about Jesus. They see this sign in the stars and they respond. They do something about it. They get up and they go find him, right? And they are rewarded, right? They find Jesus. They see him and so they worship him, right? They're the ones who... Um, who hear the message and respond to it. Um, And they're rewarded for their efforts. But of course, there's uh, the other person in the gospel today who also hears the news about Jesus, and that's King Herod, right? Who's, you know, clearly the villain. Make make no mistake, he he gets it wrong. Um, But, you know, he's an interesting figure in the scriptures because, um, you know, Herod, whenever he shows up, and it's either Herod or his son, who's also named Herod, Um, But whenever he shows up in the scriptures, he hears about Jesus and he wants to see him. He's got this sort of intrigue about Jesus. He's he's interested in, you know, learning more about him, right? Herod's got this sort of, you know, tacit, it's not strong enough to actually get him out of his, you know, castle or whatever, but but he wants to see Jesus, but he's just not going to get up and move to make that happen. And of course, he's got, you know, malice and cruelty in his heart as well, but... The point is this, that the Magi get up and they look for Jesus, right? They get up and go to Bethlehem and find him. And Herod, you know, kind of sits in his palace and tells them, oh, go look for him and let me know what you find. But he's not getting up himself to go find him. And, you know, so the results are what you expect. Herod doesn't find Jesus. And, you know, what's true of them is kind of true of us as well, right? Presumably we're all here for the same reason, right? We've heard about Jesus. We're here to worship him. Um, But again, there's that question from Mother Teresa. Have we really met him yet? Do we really know Jesus? And if the answer is yes, that you do, uh, then congratulations. You've got, you know, that pearl of great price, right? You don't need um, anybody to tell you why we're here. You kind of get it. Um, But, you know, maybe you haven't met Jesus yet. Um, And then we, you know, we have two choices in that case. We can be like the Magi. We can go find him. We can go look for him. Or we can be like Herod and kind of stay where we are and not find him. But, you know, the catch with all that is that uh, if we do go to meet Jesus, we find him on his terms, which uh, usually are not the same as ours, Um, right? Jesus seems to have a preference for kind of unfashionable living arrangements. 
Um, and we have to meet him together with you know, everybody else who decides to go out and look for him. Which is actually what like our first reading, our psalm, and our second reading were all about today. It's celebrating the fact that every nation on earth will adore you. Right? The big deal in, with the Magi in the scriptures is that they're not Jews. Right? These are people who are outside the covenant. They're, you know, we three kings from Orient. Right? Orient is the east. They're not from the people of Israel. They're not part of the covenants. They don't have the benefit of the scriptures. These are like not the people who should get it. Right? So, you know, the scribes, the chief priests, these people that Herod kind of is consulting, right? They're the ones who, you know, should connect the dots here. They're the ones who figured out, yeah, the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. Um, but they fail to kind of make that connection, and instead it's these foreigners, these people who by rights shouldn't get it, that manage to see God. And, you know, that kind of division of Jews versus Gentiles was probably harder for the people in Jesus' time to accept than it is for us. I don't think it really bothers us now. Um, but, you know, we, especially those of us who are kind of, you know, here in church today, right, we're the ones who kind of should get it, right? By rights, we're the ones who should find Jesus. That's why we're all here. And so I think we can take a lesson from the Magi, right? It's, are we really looking for him? Do we get up and go find him? Or do we kind of stay where we are and, you know, are satisfied with where we're at? Right? It's that Mother Teresa's question, once again, have we really met Jesus? Or do, you know, outsiders, or do people who don't look much like Christians, you know, kind of surpass us because they go find him? Right? For all of this to be worth our, you know, all our time, all our effort, we have to know Jesus. That's what makes it all worthwhile. And to do that, we, you know, find him on his terms, not ours. Um, and, you know, we've got to be ready to be changed by that. Um, you know, but the alternative is Herod, and that doesn't seem to be better. So today we just ask the Holy Spirit to give us that grace that we need today to, um, to recognize Jesus in the ways that he manifests himself to us, right? He's, the whole point of this feast is that Jesus makes it clear who he is. Um, so we ask for that grace to be ready to recognize that and ready to respond, ready to go out, um, you know, to journey like the Magi to find him. Um, you know, with the promise that if we do look for him, if we do seek, then we'll find. And what we find will be, uh, you know, our God, our Lord, who's, you know, worth adoring, worth giving our lives to, and um, who's always ready to give his grace and his love to us.